welcome to the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, P-O-D, Pride of Detroit. Those three letters are the first three letters of Pride of Detroit. That's all you need to know because those are also the letters of pod, the word podcast, which is what you're listening to. This is the P-O-D-Cast. I explain this every time, and yet somehow I don't think anyone understands what they are listening to. Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe that's why you're here, to listen to us talk about Detroit Lions football. From me, your benevolent, adequate host. Chris Perfett at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T on Twitter. Here once again with the fearless leader of Pride of Detroit, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. How are you doing? I am great from kind of sunny Florida and back on my old mic, so I apologize ahead of time. I was going to say, wait, you didn't just take the new one with you? No, that thing is heavy as hell. I don't want want to bring up their security and everything. It's going to get destroyed. I paid way too much for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, congratulations to your eighth seed, by the way. Oh, sure. <laughs> that that's all I'm going to say. Me too. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we have a Lions game to talk about. Uh, I kind of regret that we will be talking about it, but I have a deeper regret here. Is that once again, Ryan Matthews, the Rock God? No, don't play the drop. We're not playing the drop. He is not here tonight. Uh, what was the reason, Jeremy? I was half asleep uh, most of the day. Um, he is teaching his yearbook squat lesson. He is teaching, sorry, what? He's teaching his yearbook squad a lesson. <laughs> it's 9.30 right now. Like, what kind of lesson is this? A, a serious one. One that goes okay. into the depths of the night. Editors never sleep, man. Jeepers. Uh, we have two guests here from the Pride of Detroit family. Once back, once again, is Mansoor Shaheen. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Hello. I'm doing fine. Remember my drop. I, I do have a drop now. Oh, you do have a drop. I have to go back and find it. Uh, give me one yes. second here. I get those goosebumps every time you, you come around. Yeah. There we go. He is here to talk about Detroit Lions film, bird-related things, and probably Super Smash Brothers. Very good game. You should all buy it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, POD has been playing a lot of Fortnite. It might be very soon playing a lot of Smash. We're about esports here. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for I was waiting for Jeremy to say something. Instead, he just wants to come We got him onto one video game, folks. One, and now oh, he's yeah. just suffering again. Uh, we've also gotten here Mike Payton. Uh, P.O.D. Payton here with us. He is usually our writer for the What Just Happened column and other good things on Pride of Detroit. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. You're good. You're good. All right. Well. Long time listener. First time caller. Moving on. We've, we've done things before. <laughs> um, anyway, we should probably start talking about this game, which, oh. Man. That was such a dis. Like I'm starting to to really get excited for your segues, but that that one was just about as lazy as everything from the football game that we just watched. See, that's how you do it. That wasn't a. It was an appropriate segue for <laughs> that game. In that I gave minimal effort for it, just like I feel like both of go. these football teams did as the Detroit Lions topped the Arizona Cardinals seventeen to three. And uh, we had a fir- we had a scoreless first quarter. We had a three to zero halftime. Hell yeah! 
just I and I know I know and you know what I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy to explain why this wasn't just good defense on display that day because Jeremy is the guy who loves defense. Jeremy was that guy after Rams Chiefs complaining about complaining no, about two- no no just yelling That's at clouds true. about yeah no, I, I was there for Bears Rams on Sunday night. That was a really good defensive game. Yeah, no, that was, I think, a good defensive game. I like yes. that, but this was I not. Compl- I never complained about Rams Chiefs, for the record, but yes, this was not necessarily a good defensive game. It certainly wasn't by really either team. Uh, I, I would say the Lions obviously played a little bit better defensively, and they at least got a big defensive play from Darius Slay, which was really nice to see. I mean, how many of you knew that Darius Slay didn't have a touchdown before that game? I did I, I didn't. I forgot that his against his one against the Giants didn't count way back when. Right. Yeah. Right. I think I think I got screwed up because that Giants thing. Yeah. So it was it was really nice to see him get in the end zone. I know he had been craving it for a long time, and he certainly earned it with how instinctual and fast he is. You would have thought he already had it by then. And he, just to speak on him more, it was awesome to see him have a good game. Period. And it wasn't just that interception. He also got his hand on on two other balls. And I think his, his PFF grade was in the 90s. So uh, for a guy that's really struggled this year, I thought Darius Slade provided maybe one of the only things to get excited about because the rest of the game was filled with injuries, filled with bad play. Um, I don't think really anyone else stood out that much on the Lions defense, maybe Sean Robinson a little bit and, and Jared Davis, who we'll probably talk about in a little bit. But um, this Rams offense is just really, really bad. Josh Rosen is not very good right now. and and they don't have any receivers outside of Larry Fitzgerald. So uh, I, I don't want to give too much credit to the Lions defense. Um, Will you give credit because, to the run defense holding David Johnson to just 50 yards on the day, or is you can't even do that? Yes and no, because the Cardinals' front five is all backups, essentially, or rookies at this point. So that's absolutely what this Lions defense should have done. And obviously they've been doing well against the run for you know five or six weeks now. So. Um, I wasn't surprised by the performance. I wasn't blown away by it either. That's fair enough. Uh, Mansoor, how's your take on this game? Because I, um, I, this this was a rough one for me to even watch. Yeah, so this game, I mean, this game was pretty bad. Like Jeremy said, it wasn't at all good defense. It was just terrible offense. Like Matthew Stafford couldn't hit any of his receivers for the entire first half, and that's worrying. The defense kind of ran over the Cardinals, but the Cardinals offensive line is a horror show. So if they didn't run over the Cardinals, then that would be kind of worrying. Christian Kirk was out. Larry Fitzgerald, he was there, but apparently the Cardinals didn't want to like make him part of the offense. So this was, we, we got a win. We got the job done. But other than like, I think Jared Davis, no one really impressed me from this team. Mike, do you have any other impressions from the game? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think like I think this game of all games is proof of why the Lions won't make the playoffs. That's why they it's why winning, you know, these last three games is gonna be the hardest thing in the world. Like, yeah, they did win the game, but they couldn't do anything on offense all day long. I mean, Matthew Stafford is is you know, he has nothing. He has nobody to throw to. This offense is stagnant as can be. Um, you know, Zach Center had a good day, but that has you know, that's because the, the Cardinals are allowing the Fifth most rushing yards in the uh, you, per game in the league right now. Just as a quick, just There's, as a quick thing, 
Do you know yeah. who Theo, do you know who the the receiving leader on the day was? I don't. I don't even know. I you think, did say I his name. Stafford only threw, I think Stafford only threw for 101 yards. Yeah. That's right. His second most of his career. And the only other time he threw for less than that was the season opener in 2010 when he got injured against the Bears. And then uh, something else interesting happened in the fourth quarter of that game, but I'm not willing to rehash it. Theo Riddick <laughs> who, who was the receiving leader on Theo the day. Riddick. Theo Riddick. Not any of the wideouts. Theo Riddick. How many yards did he have? 30. 30? Oh, it was 30. I mean, that's, you know, that's half a day. Have a day there, Theo. It was, wasn't even a good theoretic performance. Like, <laughs> it, Yeah, I mean, the game just highlighted how desperate the Lions are for a wide receiver right now. And I think a lot of people are probably disappointed that Kenny Galladay hasn't shown up with Marvin out and, and obviously Golden Tate gone. And, I mean, to to a point, they're right. I mean, he should be playing a lot better, and Matthew Stafford should be finding him more. I mean, obviously, Patrick Peterson was probably up against him the majority of the day, and, and he's still playing at a very high level. But if Kenny Gallagher is going to be the guy that the Lions expect him to be, that, that fans want him to be, he needs to show up and, and get more than five receiving yards in this game. I'm not sure he is what we think he is. And, I, yeah. and I've been thinking this for a while. And I think that Kenny, at, at least at this point, is, is a nice, like, you know, extra guy to have when you have Marvin Jones and when you, ha- when you had Golden Tate on the field. I think Kenny was a nice threat, uh, you know, who could bounce off those guys. But now that those guys are gone and you have the guy, I, I don't think he can do it. I, I mean, I, I think, we, you know, the, the whole baby Tron thing, we really need to pump the brakes on this because this guy really hasn't done much at all. Kenny Galladay plays like a third round draft pick. Like he's going to have some His, good games, but he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be the marquee that people thought he was going to be. He had That's five right. yards and four targets. His longest reception was three yards. That's, I mean, that's horrible for a wide receiver one. And I mean, Patrick Peterson, sure he's on the Cardinals, but like, there's no excuse for that when you're the wide receiver one on a team that should be primarily primarily looking to pass. Like until the last, I think until like the end of the game, we were like passing a lot more than we were running. The fact that he only had four targets is worrying. The fact that he had five yards is extremely worrying. This is supposed to be his show, and yeah, he just can't do it by himself. And that's he's not the guy we thought he was. Yeah, and I yeah, go on. Well, I was going to say, I think maybe there's some trust issues there, too, with, with Jim Bob and Stafford. I mean, they're not really targeting Kenny at all. Obviously, he's getting most of the coverage, but they're, they're, they're doing a lot of the stuff out of the flats. They're doing the short passes. They're not really going for anything that's in Kenny's wheelhouse. And, and I wonder, is that do they trust the guy? Yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting point you bring up because they did kind of try to get the ball all in his hands in a bunch of different ways. And, and you're right, they didn't really play to his strength with kind of putting him almost in a Golden Tate role a couple times on Sunday. And, and while I appreciate the idea of trying to get your, your biggest playmaker the ball, um, that's that's not what he's there for. I mean, we need, I, I hate to say it, but we kind of need to see it, the, the kind of play that we saw with Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford early in their careers. Where I mean, at this point, we just need to see some jump balls. Like, this offense is dead on arrival right now. And, and you want to just run three and outs all day um sure go for it but i mean i don't I don't think you're gonna win a lot of games that way and maybe that's not even the goal at this point maybe you're just trying to see 
what the the running game can have, and and there has been a little bit of promise there, but I I just don't get what the offensive game plan is right now because clearly Golden Tate meant to this team not only in what he contributed, but in what coverage he brought away from guys like Kenny Galladay, and Lions just don't have an answer for for losing him, and whether that means the trade was right or wrong, that'll be up for debate for a while. The fact that the Lions are still in the playoff hunt kind of proves <laughs> to me that maybe it wasn't the greatest move, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm sick of this offense. I can't watch it anymore. It's, it's painful that, to watch. That playoff thing. We're going to talk about that next, uh, next segment here that has a huge asterisk next to it. I just want to say that, Yes. <laughs> but I also want to say this, and this was my overwhelming feeling about this game. And I, I put this in the open thread today and again it's not something i want to say much because i'm supposed to be covering the lions and in spite of what everyone says i'm a fan of the team i watch a lot of it but i didn't want to i didn't want to watch the lions today that on sunday like there was so much fun stuff on that early slate and alex put out that quote that that tweet too it's like wow there's a lot of fun football now i have to watch the lions (laughs) it's like you're coming you're coming from an early slate with you know and i get i get it not every game the Lions play can have 2016 theatrics and just craziness to it. And you can't always be expected for them to go up against like, you know, an insane lateral play to end Dolphins Patriots or, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing for his life against the Ravens or something. But there was just, we, we've banged on this before, Jeremy, this, this Lions team, their, their identity is pretty boring. Like there's nothing to really write home about on offense or defense right now. And unless you are really only in it to see them win, like it's, it's a really hard sell for fans to really get interested in this team right now. And I think the Cardinals game was kind of the playbook in kind of unwatchable football. Yeah, you're, you're right. The, the one thing I will push back very mildly is the defenses. And I do think defenses, I wouldn't say they've been exciting per se, or, or, you know, have a lot of huge plays. It's hard to push defensive line play as something that's exciting, especially if we're talking more run defense than, than, you know, pass rush. But the Lions defensive line has been balling out for the past four, five weeks. And it's not just Snacks Harrison. Snacks only played about 50% of the snaps. We're talking a lot of A. Sean Robinson. We're even talking some Ricky Jean-Francois. I think I believe he played more than, than Snacks in this game. And Romeo Quara played pretty darn well, three quarterback. Yeah, Quara played well, game. but I think, I think when I say that is like most people, when they look at defense, you like watching defense. The problem, but I think for a lot of people, you need to, if you're going to rely on defense as your identity, you kind of need to see plays or you kind of need to see them. Sure. pushing back the other offense. And again, when it comes to the Cardinals, I don't think that was really happening on Sunday. Well, I, I, I would push back on that because not only did the Lions have the pick six, not only did they have three sacks on it, but like Jared Davis was all over the place. Two tackles for loss, laying on some pretty big hits. And, and Quandre Diggs is good at least good for at least two big hits per game. And he had, I, I believe, two in this one as well. So, I mean, it's not... It's not the Bears defense. It's not the Seahawks defense. It's not the Vikings defense where you're racking up seven, eight sacks a game, but it's on its way. And I'm not saying it's going to get there anytime soon necessarily, but if you think about where this defense started the year, um, I, I think they've made significant strides. And you don't want to read too much into a Cardinals game with literally the worst offense in the league, but 
the fact that they're starting to make play defense, I think, is something that Lions fans can get at least a little bit excited about going into 2019. All right. Well, let's take a break here. We're going to talk about one more thing Lions fans can get excited about, and that is the Lions have not been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. In fact, there's a pretty good chance that maybe the Lions make it. I'm not being a slappy. I'm not being a slappy. I'm not being a freak. We're going to actually talk about how that could happen and uh, repercussions of maybe of that happening and what that maybe says about the rest of the NFL. So stick around. We'll be right back on the Friday Detroit POD cast. Friday Detroit POD cast back again. Let's talk playoffs, baby. You hear me? Playoffs? I, I was about to say, I'm usually the one who has to do voices. I can't do Jim Mora, though. So I, I, was, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the attempt. So here's, here, here's the deal. The Lions are 5-8. and eight. Right now, as always, we're recording on a Monday, so this is a bad time. But right, And I will not say what the score is, because every time Ryan has said the score, the result generally turns out the opposite way. But we're watching Minnesota playing on Monday night. And depending on what happens in that game, the playoff picture can look uh, decidedly weird. And even if, even if I think the Vikings win, it can still look pretty weird. Like, there's a lot of weirdness that is going to happen. I'm going to keep saying weird. Uh, does anyone here have a really good grasp on explaining how this scenario goes? Because I, I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my head around it. I just know it can happen. <laughs> I, I think I got it. So right. Lions need to win out. So if we beat the Bills, probably should happen. Beat the Vikings, that's going to be a tough one. And then beat the Packers, probably also a tough one, to be honest. Um, we need Vikings this tonight, and then probably, I mean, then lose to us. And then who cares what happens in the next game if we lose. I think Washington's finished. I, they have so many injuries that they're probably screwed. It's kind of contingent on Philadelphia and Carolina, I guess. If we went out. We need Philadelphia and Carolina to also kind of like stutter down the stretch. Well, this Monday night, I think this Monday night game is kind of win-win for the Lions because, like, if the Seahawks lose out too, uh, right? I think if Seattle, yeah. no, we need we need Seattle to win this. I think. Oh, okay. I, I okay. mean, either I mean, we need either team to essentially dump on all the way down, and the easiest route is for the Vikings to do so because then, if the Vikings lose on Monday night, the Lions essentially control their destiny over them because if they win out. That means they beat the Vikings, which means they'll jump them. With Seattle, it becomes a lot harder because they lost the head-to-head. Okay, um, you've you've put the fear in me, though, because, again, this is not a live medium, and I don't <laughs> like now the idea of recording this while we are watching Monday Night Football. Too bad. Russell Wilson just but, threw a pick at the goal line, so. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there you go. We've already, we've already condemned the game. But, okay, so the Lions are essentially – a game or a game and a half out of that six seed, depending on what happens tonight. The problem is, I mean, that, that sounds really nice. Like game and a half of three games, that's doable. The problem is that there's so many teams in between them. So outside of, you know, the Panthers and the Vikings and the Seahawks and one of those teams going down lines in the Eagles, the Redskins, the Packers, which again, the Lions kind of hold their own destiny there. If they beat the Packers, they'll jump the Packers. Um, but then the Bucks and the Giants are also tied with them at five and eight, and and I know not a lot of people are expecting those teams to to win out, and they probably won't. But you know, some some people some of the teams have to win some of these games. Uh, so it's not. I just like want to say Carolina's Carol- 
Carolina's lost five in a row. Like, That's true. And this is why we're having. Yeah. This isn't just things, us. Yeah, go on, man. Sir. Yeah. Things actually are looking good for. I mean, okay. I don't want to sound like a slappy because people and people already say so. Whatever. Minnesota, if they lose tonight, we control our destiny on them. Panthers have forgotten how to play football. Same thing with the Eagles. Washington's starting an AAF quarterback next week, probably. That's they're not doing anything. The Packers just fired their coach. Tampa Bay is like throwing ten interceptions a game. The Giants forget <laughs> how to play football every week too. Like we, <laughs> this is crazy. Like we yeah, actually that's it. Have that's, a that's why here. we're talking every about this. Team, like, I, I every would, other team is just as much a mess as we are. If anyone else had come to me with this topic, I would have pushed back entirely because I would have said, "No, you're out of your mind." This Lions team is booty it is the epitome of booty is platonic <laughs> it is platonic ideal booty right now i will not have it and yet somehow you look at every other team around here and i'm like oh okay maybe that can happen because for some reason the nfc is not only filled with the saints and the rams and the bears and these horrible world-eating machines but it's also filled with a lot of teams who just are really terrible right now I think the Eagles are the favorite, but we're not actually that far well, out. The good thing also is that all these teams have to play other good teams. Like the Eagles next week have to play the Rams. And, you know, the, the Eagles also have to play the Redskins. The Minnesota still has to play Chicago again. Uh, Green Bay still has to play Chicago again. They're, like everything is lined up perfectly. The hardest part of the whole thing is can the Lions actually win three games? Yeah, like this This totally to me screams, and I've said it in years past, and Jeremy, this to, to me screams the Lions are going to lose to the Packers on the on, on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's, that's, that's the other point we need to bring up is that for all the good that Sunday did for the the exact for the Packers. So now if the Packers went out, they have a legitimate chance to win. And, I mean, they have a pretty tough test next week against the Bears, and that's in Chicago. So if Chicago wins that game, then suddenly week 17 could be not who gets in that six wild card spot. It's are the Packers playing spoiler to the lions. And that is a nightmare scenario, but okay, if opinion, I'm being honest, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say, I don't see how the lions have a chance against the Vikings. And I know we've seen the Lions play some tough opponents pretty well, but that Vikings team just completely decimated the Lions a couple weeks ago, and they're just a, a nightmare matchup for this team. You think, I mean, and that was when the offense wasn't horrible. Now the offense is horrible. Can you imagine this Lions offense going up against that Vikings defense? With what, Kenny Galladay and some bailing wire to rely on? Yeah. The offense is pretty horrible that day. It was. The, but... Vikings, have, the Vikings have kind of struggled since that game a little bit. I mean, they lost to Chicago, lost to New England. I mean, they're obviously losing to good teams, but... They haven't looked like that team. I, I mean, I think I think that was kind of a case of they were just playing the Lions that day. And, and I, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to play them again. No. I, it couldn't be the same exact thing. But I, I think I think you get them at home, you got a little bit of a better chance. A little bit of a better chance at home. See, but I don't I don't see that as a little bit of a better chance because, like, yeah, I get it. You're playing in your own building, but this Ford Field crowd is not. Um, <laughs> They're not always going to be on the Lions' side, especially if something goes wrong early in this game, or if something goes wrong late in the game, or if something goes wrong, period. This Ford Field crowd turns really quickly. It is fascinating. I don't know maybe. if there's another team like this except for maybe – you know what? No, I take that back. The Eagles. The Eagles. I was going to say exactly <laughs> that. The Eagles crowd yeah. has been booing their own team almost just as hard. But for the Lions, well, it is historic about this. 
The Cardinals fans were booing their own team pretty good on Sunday too. I think they were kind of right in that they were same almost position. More Lions we fans than Cardinals fans in the stadium, yeah. though. Sure. And that's that's a weird thing. Lions fans travel really, really well. And, and I don't know if they at Cardinals Stadium a couple of times. Uh, that, I don't know. If, I don't know if they travel well or if it's just that a lot of Michigander uh, Exodus people live in Arizona. That, that might be it too. But <laughs> I, but I mean I. If if the Lions put out a semi decently good product and are at least competitive in a game, Ford Field gets pretty loud. It was pretty loud against the Rams. And no, it's loud. It's a loud building. It carries acoustics very well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's a tough crowd to please sometimes. All right, the thing I, I, I want to take. This okay, but no, I want to. Uh, uh, I I want to give this question real quick though to Mansur and, and Mike though before I let you do your question, Jeremy. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so we talked a lot on the Vikings now. Now I want uh, opinions on the Packers from our two new new guys. How much of, a, of an improvement do you even see them having by getting rid of Mike McCarthy? Because I don't see that in Joe Philbin, and I don't know how to read that. I don't know much about Joe Philbin, but I think the Packers have a lot of talent. I think last time I was on here, I said it, that the Packers are a very good team. They have a lot of talent on the roster. so. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're what? They're they have four wins, right? They're a game behind us, I believe. So I don't think no, they'll no, make the playoffs. They're a half game ahead of us. They're five seven. Oh, the tie. Yeah, right, the tie. The tie. Yeah. Um, damn. I guess if it comes down to us versus them, I imagine they'll beat us. But I don't know. I think the Packers are a talented team. So call me a slappy or whatever, or not slappy, a hater or whatever. <laughs> You're both a slappy and a hater. Yeah, apparently. I think I think honestly I think we're finally seeing that downfall of the Green Bay Packers that we always saw would come someday we just didn't know when I think this is it I think it's happening right now um, I I don't see how you know I know like uh, you know ESPN put out some sort of or maybe it was Bleach Report I can't remember who it was they were saying that the or the Packers are primed for a huge 2019 season even though they don't have a head coach right now and obviously Joe Philbin is not going to be the the head coach for that team next year. So I think I think this is you know this is the downfall. It, but as far as Week 17, if they have to, if they have to beat that team in Green Bay, I mean, we all know what's going to happen. Why is it the so downfall? They, like, I mean, I I I'm kind of with Mansur. I see a lot of that talent there, and like, yeah, Joe Philbin's not going to be their coach. I'm not I'm not ready to write the book on the Packers just yet, even knowing Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Well, I I think that has a lot to do with it. I I think that they haven't they still haven't made any strides to make improvements on their defense their offensive line still you know the same problem that it's been for years uh, you know they all their players are going away Randall Cobb is going to be gone soon Jordy Nelson is already gone they they you know they got rid of Ty Montgomery obviously for you know some stupid reasons but and 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 obviously the big one yeah is Aaron Rodgers is getting old he's gonna be 36 next year and how how much time does this guy have left? He does get hurt every year. It, it happens, even if it's just a, a a minor injury. How much more can this guy's knees and ankles and legs take when he's constantly, you know, down clutching them all the time? So I, I mean, I honestly think that, and I and I probably wind up being wrong because I, I tend to do that from time to time. I think I think that this is the downfall of the Packers. All right. Well, to Jeremy, then, I think you want another question in Jeremy. What you got? Well, yeah. For, first of all, just quickly on the Packers, 
I'll tell you whether they're going to beat the Lions and be in the playoff race after next week when they play the Bears. I don't think they win that next week against the Bears. Um, but if they do, then we are going to hear a lot about Aaron Rodgers and his potential comeback and miraculous pull the team oh, yeah. out of. Yep. And because let's, let's not get ourselves. Joe Philbin is not their head coach right now. We no, and he, he's not he, like, oh, my God. Like, he's you're not going to have another game where he spends all of his challenges in the first two. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that fine with that. Coaches rarely use both their challenges in a game. So if you want to challenge something, do it. Like I no, I like it. Aggressive coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just do it. But I mean, my opinion on Joe Philbin mostly becomes like he was a bit of a disaster in Miami. And like he I mean, to his credit, he has some in- innovative offensive schemes. It's just that he didn't a- ever use them with Ryan Tannehill until it was clear he was on the hot, hot seat and about to get fired. And by then the Dolphins were too abysmal of a record for it to matter. Ryan Tan was also terrible. So yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> All right, I want to. I want to flash forward here. Lions make the playoffs. We're just going to go ahead and. Oh jump my there. god! Can I just say if that if that is the case though, that means the NFL needs to rewrite their entire playoff system that day. I don't no, care. Well, what do you this, want? Like, there's not enough good teams. You you would just want four like teams a point in the end system or something. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of wild cards. I don't know. All I know is that. You you cannot have these like we were potentially talking about. I know we've had a few years where I think didn't the Panthers get in one year? Then when they're like seven, eight, and one, yeah, like, something like that. Yeah, yeah. there's been yeah. there's been worse things. But this team is really bad. Like I don't know how you can <laughs> sell to anyone that you should watch a playoff Detroit Lions 2018 team because other than anything can happen. This team beat the Patriots, dude. They're great. Oh Anyways, I mean, last year the Bills were horrible and they made yeah. the playoffs. But that was an awesome moment, right? Like that was yeah, that no, was it great. was it was for like the first All two right. minutes, and they just got creamed. Well, yeah, no, the, the game wasn't an awesome moment. The, the, <laughs> was, the but the game was not good. <laughs> All right, so the Lions make the playoffs. It's almost certain that they're going to be no higher than than that last seed, that sixth seed, which means most <laughs> likely this team is playing either the Bears or the Cowboys in the first round. Which team do you want? And which team do you, would you least rather lose to? Give me the Bears. Yeah, so I think there's, strategically there's, the Cowboys should be better, but I want the Bears. There's no wrong, there's yeah. no good answer here because <laughs> like people think, okay, yeah, you can hit because I think I know where Jeremy's going because I think he I saw this question hit from Slack and I was yeah. it Ryan who said Cowboys, Jeremy? Because he can at least tolerate that. I don't know. Um, yes, I am. I'm Cowboys for both answers. I want the Cowboys because I think the Lions could match up well against them now. Um, their run defense is a lot better than the first time they faced them, and, and that's how you stop the Cowboys. And I also could not handle losing to the Bears three times in one year, and on top of that, giving Mitchell Trubisky a playoff win before Matthew Stafford. Well, quarterback wins are not a real thing. But, but also, let me just say that, you know, when you you play the Bears for the third time, and this is where Matt Patricia can finally show everybody he's a rocket scientist, because now <laughs> it, it, the first two tries were just to learn how to beat him. That's all it was. Now you go. Now you go and beat him. And the Lions, and what, you know, they're not a good team, but they do frequently make other teams play as bad as they do. <laughs> is that fair enough to say? I just, but I, I think, I think though, if you're Matt Patricia, you're also running that risk of, okay, they're going to see I'm not a rocket scientist because I'm, I'm going to lose to this team 
three times in a year now too. And like, I don't know from a fan perspective, I don't want to lose. I don't want to play the bears because a, the bears scare me. I think they are legitimate. Whereas I think Dallas is a little more fraudulent in spite of their run. But at the same time too, I can't just say I want the Cowboys because I cannot deal with those goddamn fans again. I really cannot. I, I, I absolutely cannot. You may think there are more bears fans. You rather not deals with bears fans. Cowboys fans will come out of the woodwork and you will hate it. You will just hate your life dealing with these just scum of the earth. <laughs> I'm just saying that if we like somehow any given Sunday our way into a victory in the playoffs against and we knock out like their best team since 1985 after being trash all year, that would be the ultimate we own the Bears. Oh, moment. yeah, no. There um, will be no bigger ownership of the Bears. There's, there's absolutely <laughs> bigger upside in playing the Bears than yeah, playing the Cowboys. If we win that game, that's amazing. <laughs> See, well, well, you most Cowboys, Cowboys have flamed out before. The Bears haven't. You play Cowboys, you get the re- you get the the picked up flag revenge. So th- there's something sweet in there too. Mm, I don't even know if it's revenge because what if what if more flag shenanigans happen though? That is Dallas. All all I know is that I'm so glad that the Lions won this week, so that we're having this completely delusional <laughs> conversation. <laughs> If we lost to the Cardinals, this would be the Doom and Gloom podcast. This this is so stupid. All the subject is stupid. And you know what? I am going to punish Jeremy now for making me do this segment because next segment, we're going to talk some draft stuff. I thought we were, we're not just jumping straight to the mailbag. No, you don't get. Oh, you know what? I forgot. We're on this new. We're on this new format now. We were supposed to be doing twenty minutes. We've only done like fifteen apiece. No, no, that seemed you, like 20. Let's just move on to the mailbag. Draft next week. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to not talk about the draft, huh? I think we should just talk my, wrestling. My motto, just like that free beer yesterday, my motto is draft talk next week. I want to talk about Greedy Williams. Oh, we will talk about that <laughs> and more in the mailbag plus fun things. We will be right back. Mail time. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, it is eternal. Get your questions in. Hashtag ask POD. Uh, just because this hashtags being co-opted for other use please make sure to capitalize pod because uh we've got a lot of questions here about barcelona that's not from us <laughs> that's from another podcast and i've been sitting here thinking about if i'm going to actually take some of these barca questions or not especially since we have mansoor on here who is probably the only other person i could talk about european soccer with. <laughs> kyle kyle's around that is true kyle kyle is uh yeah, but he's a Spurs fan. He's a Spurs guy. He does, he does he's, yeah. he's also been banished from the podcast ever since suggesting to trade Golden Tate. No, that's that's not what banishes him from the podcast. I, I would much rather banish him again about his fruit salad. Continued, continued insistence on fruit salad. And I'm pretty sure he's a he's a candy corn guy. I could be wrong. I don't <laughs> mind I right. with those accusations. Like I but uh I, yeah, I'm 
we're not going to talk about questions. A question I have here about, would you take Neymar back? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Why not? Yeah. Neymar would make a nice wide out. Put put Coutinho back in his like Liverpool role. That would work. (laughs) All right. Let's get to the questions here. Uh, critical perspective, which Christmas movie would you guess that you've seen more often than any other? That one's easy for me. It's it's definitely Home Alone. Uh, this, this is screwing me up because I did watch Home Alone and Home Alone 2 a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. I can't watch Home Alone 2 for anymore for, for cameo reasons. For a particular cameo, yes. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I watch Home Alone a lot. I still I still watch it every now and then, and I still have to look away every time he steps on a nail because I'm I'm. See, that's why I can't watch the original one. That's why yeah. I can't watch the original one. Is that one right there? You know, if anything, that cameo shows just how irresponsible that guy is. Some little kid at a hotel's asking you for directions. You're supposed to be an adult, and you're like, Nah, it's over there. Come on, this guy's not fit to be. <laughs> but it's also com- it's also completely in character. <laughs> actually the only thing uh, out of for me is that he knows the directions to begin with for, for me it's lethal weapon by the way i think lethal weapon's the ultimate christmas movie what? die hard's not a christmas movie at all wait what you can't do that you can't what? do that die hard it, what why because it happens at a christmas party it's not even on christmas day it's just a christmas party it so why is lethal weapon why is lethal weapon then a Christmas movie because, well, for starters, without the movie opens your... with the movie opens with Jingle Bell Rock. For starters, they're selling Christmas trees in another scene. Uh, I mean, they, drive through, they, drive car, they drive a car through a house and there's a Christmas tree in. I mean, come on, it's Christmas. It's Christmas <laughs> this is literally the same thing as Die Hard. <laughs> No, no. Die Hard's just just a, a part. It's there's a holiday no party. There's, there is no lesson about the magic of Christmas like there is in Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mansoor, what do you do? You have Christmas movies you watch? I I don't think so. No, I can't think of a single Christmas movie I've seen. <laughs> this is this has been a terrible, a this single one? A terrible opening question. <laughs> <laughs> I happiness and cheeriness is like the opposite of everything I'm about. So Christmas movies aren't my thing. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 I've got a machine gun. Christmas movie. We watched uh, we watched Krampus last night. You might get into that, man. <laughs> Trevor Parcella asking us best airlines to fly back and forth between California and Detroit. Uh, relevant for me right now. I might have asked this question, but somehow it's coming out of Trevor's mouth. Mm, if you can find a, a, a Virgin Airline flight, I don't know if they really fly back and forth, but right now Virgin Airlines and Delta are my two favorite airlines. I, I flew I, Delta today and it was fantastic. I was going to say I'm either flying Spirit or Delta coming home. And like, yeah, you can you can do nonstop easily, especially if you're coming from like a major city in California. Like, I mean, granted, I'm kind of spoiled. I mean, DTW is like one of the biggest airports out there. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter apparently now praising DTW as like one of the best airports in America. And I don't know how that happened, but I might be inclined to agree with it, I think. I watched give me two, a seat on 
Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, just get me a seat on Spirit Airlines, baby. No. Come on, Spirit's horrible. <laughs> when I get no, on Spirit, it, it, I just sleep I like, the entire time. But yeah. I like United. Really, anything but American is, is good. But United is, is what I like. I saw two free movies today, and they were both recent movies. I had all the legroom I could ask for. I got a snack and a drink all for free. Delta. Delta, Delta, Delta. Well, that's why they pay you Did the you big get- box. <laughs> Manage, Mr. Managing Editor. <laughs> were people on the plane asking who you were? Did they try to take pictures of you? <laughs> I wore sunglasses and a hat. Are you the fearless leader? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were like, are, are you the ace seed? All right. Oh. Next question from Wool- Next question here. Wow. From Wooly Yak. Will the staff admit they were wrong about Zenner? Eat crow. For what? 50 yards on the day? <laughs> Against the Cardinals team? Yeah. Like, for why? Should, why? How are we wrong? How? I don't, I don't think Zach Zenner is like an NFL player. Like, I don't want to sound mean, but like I still don't think he's like a player that has long term future in the crazy. NFL. It's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story, but he's not like the future. Just because just what, because what Garrett is... Blunt is one hundred and twenty percent washed does not make us wrong about Zach Center. Also, I wasn't here for any really? Zach Centers. No, we we we've hated pretty long and hard on Zach Center, but I I, I just assumed that you were going to be of the same mind. Yeah, no, I yeah, he's not that good. What is the city's fascination with just random guys? I mean, <laughs> Kellen Moore, Zach Center, Carmen Messina, like uh, Kickalicious. We just, you know, the city just picks a random guy and they're like, that's the guy. That's the guy who's going to make it all right. Super Bowl with that guy. It, it, I, I just don't get it. I really, I really don't get it. I don't think Zach Center did anything that is too shocking. Like I, I already mentioned earlier that Cardinals are allowing the fifth most rushing yards per game. Why? Why is anybody surprised that Zach Center was able to do something against this team? Here, here's here's my apology. Zach Center is a good fourth string running back. There, is that what you wanted? In the league where th- running, where teams carry like three active game days yep. running back. Yep, <laughs> he's a good fourth string running back. I mean, he played well. I'm not going to take Sunday away from him. He he played well against the Cardinals. He ran hard and. Kudos for him to, to finding the end zone, but like, if you're if you think Zach Zenner is the number two behind Carryon Johnson next year, um, do not ever general manage a team for, that I enjoy, please. All I'll if say is, running back I mean, if, if you're if, if you're going to convince me this was a good game for Zenner, I'll I'll let you have it. That's one in his whim column. I have about like a dozen other instances here where he just runs straight at a pile. For an entire game, though. Scoreboard. Why doesn't he get the injury-prone label? How about that? Yeah, yeah. How about... Well, you know Because he's a workhorse. He's a workhorse. <laughs> a, um... Because he's... Oh, he's a gritty guy. He, yeah, a, a gym rat. Well-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question here from Hungry Lion about passing yards during the off season. How do you think the lions will address the wide receiver slash receiving tight end position? 
and he puts in parentheses, remember they did try to trade for a Patriot starting tight end last offseason. Uh, let me just say this. At least we have been sh- uh, not having Gronkowski means we have been shared this, uh, saved the shame of him trying to play free safety and getting completely tangled up. Why was, was he in that game? Why? <laughs> I don't for the hell so for the hell Mary. I was talking yards away from the end zone. Okay, no. I was talking to yeah, I was talking to a buddy, and it was basically maybe maybe Belichick was scheming for a jump ball kind of scenario, and Gronk was just in for his size. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers could have made it to the end zone. I have so much faith in Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> no, you know what that is? That is that is, and I I know people say we should stop using this phrase, but that is Belichick on on Galaxy Brain right there. His Galaxy Brain is I must prevent Ryan Tannehill from throwing a hail mary, eighty-yard hail mary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to the question at hand, uh, I think anything's on the table. I. I don't have a list of free agent wide receivers or tight ends, but I think the Lions definitely need at least one of each. I, I prefer them to draft a wide receiver. I, I think it's a good strategy to draft at least one wide receiver a year. And with the Lions having, you know, eight or so draft picks, I certainly think that's going to happen. Tight end, man, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I certainly don't think a starter is on the roster right now for 2018. I know no one wants to hear it, but Eric Ebron has more touchdowns than all of the skilled position players currently on the roster for the Detroit Lions. That's amazing. Because because <laughs> I, I'm sorry, the uh, um, the O line touchdown from last week doesn't count for this, but still, like, yeah, e- Ebron, like yeah. I, and I, I don't want to hear again about wasn't a fit or anything. Like this is beyond wasn't a fit. This was just like just not used properly. Yeah, the thing about that, okay, go ahead. Sorry, the thing about that is he was like towards the end of last season, he was actually really picking it up. He was great. He was one of the best tight ends in the NFL the last like yeah, yeah. eight nine games of last season. So like the idea that like oh he he was trash last year and he needed a like good quarterback to save him or a new scheme or anything like that that's not true. He was, I mean. I can, and if you think I'm like trying to revisionist history, this I wrote an article for Lions Wire last year about how Eric Ebron's really stepped up and he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And then he, then we cut him for some reason. He goes to another team, and guess what? He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL because he always was that. It wasn't always was that, but he was that in 2017. This is he always had that potential. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you saw and it kind of coming not together. Even, not even potential. It was like literally showing itself, and we still cut him for I have no idea why. <laughs> Eggplant emoji. <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll have I'll have thoughts about Eric Ebron, but you'll see them on the yeah. site tomorrow. But but okay. for the question, I think Devin Funches is interesting because he's a free I think he's a free agent and he's had his issues, but he's he should be cheap just because like I don't think there'll be that big of a market for him. But he's a good route runner. He can get open, which is something no one else on this team can do. He does have a problem with drops. He has a problem with drops, but like someone who can get open and maybe like free things up for Jones and Galladay will help a lot. So I think Funches is a good option. Troy Kilgore, would you strap a dead squid to your head for 24 hours in order to receive 2019 Lions home game tickets? No. I mean, I, I get in anyway, so no. But I would do that for a, a guaranteed Lions home game, playoff game. 
I might. I would do I've that never been win. to a football game. I'd do that for the win. <laughs> You've never See, been. To- I, I don't think. I don't think I would make it twenty four hours without wanting to grill up so that squid, make some good, good ass calamari. <laughs> <laughs> Just a waste of good squid right there. I mean, you can you can do it after the twenty four hours. Yeah, but it's going to be spoiled by that <laughs> point. Like unless I sit Stand in, in a unless I sit, all day. Yeah, I was going to say unless I sit in a fridge all day. I mean, I'm, I might rather do that than watch Lions Cardinals again. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could play a Nintendo Switch while sitting in the fridge. That's for sure. Don't do it. I will. Uh, question here from Grill Thief. He's got two. I will allow it. One Lions question, one food question. Here comes the Lions question. Has there been a given reason for Stafford wearing a QB wristband the past few weeks? Ooh, he he answered that question a couple weeks ago, and I think part of it has to do with new personnel that he's dealing with. Okay. Um, so so there are some new plays, I think, obviously sprinkled in there. And um, just, yeah, just having to deal with the likes of Andy Jones and Bruce Ellington probably has you wanting to, to reference a, a sheet, maybe not even just for himself or for his coworkers, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't expect to see that into 2019. His food question is which fast food place has the best dessert item or items? Burger King. Oh, yeah. That Hershey pie, that Hershey mm. pie or that Oreo cheesecake. That's good stuff, man. Uh, I won't hate on the Oreo cheesecake. I I think I've answered this question before on this podcast, or at least I've made my opinion known. And the correct answer is Del Taco cheesecake bites. I have uh, I have a I have a two I have a tie here. Um, Cookout has a cheer wine float ice cream float that's very good. Um, Jack in the Box has mini churros that I enjoy. We can't get that over here. We can't get Jack in the Box or Del Taco. Or- I know, but you know what? I can't get Arby's or Wendy's for some godforsaken reason where I'm living in LA. <laughs> so you know what? Just deal with it. And I can't get Cookout well, either. That that's Cookout that's- is an, is a Carolina thing. It is amazing because you can get chicken tenders as a you can get a burger as a side item to your burger, or you can get chicken <laughs> tenders as a side item. Like it is a magical place. You get a corn dog as a side item. I think Sonic is the best fast food restaurant there is. Ugh. If we're just if we're just talking about all together, no. like Sonic's the best. Or Whataburger. Sonic or Whataburger. I have to shoot down Whataburger too, because I'm in California. I'm required by law to stand for In and Out against Whataburger. <laughs> no, I, I ate In and Out Burger all the time when I was in college, but I'm telling you, Whataburger is the way to go. Well, you had In and Out in college? Yeah, I went to college in California. Oh, okay, Mansoor, Mansoor, you, you haven't you haven't yeah. said anything about this. Are, are you too good for fast food? <laughs> I think we talked the other day, Jeremy. I eat Seven Eleven trash and McDonald's exclusively <laughs> as my diet. That's right, that's <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm dying. No, but uh, I don't really eat. I don't. I don't eat fast food desserts. I just. I mean, the only fast food place I eat at regularly is McDonald's, and I don't eat like dessert there. So I have no idea for this question. You don't get that. You don't get that in insanely processed soft serve vanilla, only one flavor. <laughs> Even if I want broken. So yeah, I was going to say if, if you, yeah. I was going to ask if you had ever had a McFlurry, but I've never gone to no. McDonald's 
with the idea of getting a McFlurry and for it to actually work out because <laughs> the machine is always broken. It's always broken. Always it's broken. That, always... It's, that it's, it's impossible to clean those machines. Like, I used to work in fast food. Those machines are really hard to clean, so you, like, just don't even make a mess of them. Tell people it's broken. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Those things, I worked at Burger King uh, when I was in my early 20s, and those things are, like, in 13 different pieces. So when yeah. you take it apart at the end of the night, that thing's not going back together till the next morning. So what is it? What is it then for Wendy's and for Arby's? Is it like do they just it's it's part of their brand. They have to have Frosties and Jamocha shakes, like, or else people will riot. I didn't know Arby's did desserts. Oh yeah, so Jamocha shake, when, man. Yeah, yeah, Jamocha shake's the goat. Is a Jamocha shake Frosties. also ninety percent bread, like their sandwiches? <laughs> okay. The, But Wendy's Frosties are a pretty big like part of their commercial. Yeah, they are. They are, and uh, I, I, we've, we've, we've documented, I think, on this podcast before, Mansoor, uh, the abuse of that uh, two dollar Frosty keychain that gives you free Frosties for like an entire year. <laughs> free Junior Frosties. It's ridiculous. That's that's it's fine. That's 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 perfect. That's a perfect size. I think that Wendy's closes at ten, and that's probably why they're able to have their Frosty machine on all night. You know, they close like 10, 11, whereas McDonald's or Burger King are usually open like all night long. Hmm. Oh, that's probably, yeah, that's probably why. All right. Next question here from Evan at Big Slick McDick. He sends us a question mark here, and then he shows a screenshot from WISN Milwaukee with the question being Nick Saban as next Packers head coach. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. This is <laughs> Thank God Brian isn't here. This, this is Ryan's oh. question. It's Ryan's question? Yeah, last week he said that was going to happen, and we all poo-pooed him. And Laughed it. It's not That's happy. right. That's right. I'm remembering this now, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is like saying Harbaugh is going to leave the college sphere, in my mind. Like, he's just not a match for the NFL. Like, if he comes back, if he comes back up to the Packers, I guarantee you he's going to just... It's not like he's learned anything from the Dolphins. It's just that at Alabama, he's never questioned. I guarantee you, first thing he's going to lose, do is lose the locker room by telling. Uh, can someone please stop playing with their stuff in the background? This is a podcast. This is a podcast. We can hear it. <laughs> Studio quality, please. First thing that's going to happen is he's going to lose the locker room by telling Jordy, uh, someone, and not, uh, I don't know, let's say Clay Matthews to tie his shoes. <laughs> no, that's how he lost his locker room in Miami. You think I am joking? He did that in Miami. He told he yelled at a player to tie their sh- tie their shoes, and that player looked at him like he had grown a second head. Nick Saban is not cut out for the pro leagues at all. Nor does it like you know how old Nick Saban is now too. That Coca Cola diet's hiding it, folks. He's I, he's yeah, whatever. Why did you yell at Ryan like this last week? <laughs> Because I was tired. Because you save all the yelling for me, that's why. Maybe. Nick Saban's retiring like at Alabama. Clay, I feel like he'd tell Clay Matthews to cut his hair. Like, I, I feel like he'd be that type of guy. Like, Probably he'd true. want everybody in there to cut their hair. I don't know. That's just I don't know. He's, 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 he's coaching down to Alabama. I don't, that, that's the one thing he can't get away with at Alabama is telling certain kids to cut their hair. 
why would anybody want to leave that job? You, I mean, he's a god in Tuscaloosa. He walks on water. I mean, he could walk into a boosters grocery store. Pay for houses. Boosters pay for houses for him. Boosters buy houses for Nick Saban. Yeah. I, I would never leave. All this news does me also, by the way, all this new kind of speculation does is it means that Alabama is going to freak out, renegotiate his contract and give him more millions. <laughs> it's, it's just a media ploy. I think Mississippi state, their like coach did that to him a couple of years back. He like pretended he had interest from a different job. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they Damn, gave him a huge yeah. deal. Yeah. Dan Mullen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this really like a real interest thing, or is this just a, a a website saying would he do that? He's just throwing something against the wall. I, I'm I sure. guarantee you, it is basically pure speculation. There is no reason why Nick Saban would would leave Alabama. He has never given any indication he wants to. And honestly, I don't even think he would. He, like he, he doesn't want to come back to the NFL. He doesn't want to come back to the NFL. He doesn't want to come back to the NFL. I'll keep saying it. He doesn't want to come back to the NFL. Some some NFL fans really believe that every college coach out there just wants to get right back into the NFL, like that that they think that the NFL will will always be better jobs than college. And yeah, they're they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. As I said, Alabama Tuscaloosa boosters buy mansions for Nick Saban. Straight up buy it. That's not that's not even part of his contract. They just buy him houses. Yeah, that's that's just ridiculous. Audible Dong asking us, Jared Davis was really, really good at first when we drafted him and then kind of fell into mediocrity. Is there a way he gets back to being that star linebacker or do we need a new guy starting? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We've gone this entire podcast without mentioning Audible Dong. We had another Audible Dong this week. We had another Audible Dong. Keeps happening. It's, See, it's going to much about 2018 is the year of the audible dong. That's what it is on the Chinese calendar. If you look, it's not a tiger. It's not a lion. It's audible dong. <laughs> there are no lions on the Chinese calendar. Whatever. Tiger. We haven't really Fair. talked about Jared Davis either. That's He's true. Been, we should probably talk he about was, him. he was really, really good. Like actually really, really good. Not just good for Jared Davis, but like good for a football player. He was everywhere. <laughs> like he, he, and I felt like he was like, single-handedly like stalling the Cardinals offense I mean that's probably like dramatic but he was he was stuffing David Johnson he was in the backfield bothering Josh Rosen he was great that's a good he showed that he can play well at an NFL level that's really really good and I was I was talking a little bit with uh with PFF Brett Brett Whitefield today just kind of shooting text back and forth and one thing he said and, and I also noticed too is just they started using him as a pass rusher a lot more in this game and Maybe it was out of necessity since Ezekiel went out of the game earlier and, and Deshaun Hand did as well, but uh, that's a role that I'd love to see more of him in. And, and some people have talked about moving him to the outside. We've talked a little bit about it internally. I'm not against that. I think it plays to his strengths, and, and we saw a game where the Lions kind of game-planned to his strengths, and it, and it worked out really friggin' well. Can we really say yeah, that Jared's had a, a bad year, though? I mean... His obviously his coverage skills leave a lot to be desired most of the time, but the dude's been flying all over the place all year against the run game. He's been getting to the quarterback. I mean, I I, I think that Jared, and I might be wrong, but I think Jared's having the best year of his career. 
I mean, it's it's a short career so far, but I think he's having the best the, the best showing that he's had. He's been on and off, like like what Jeremy said. As he's been used more as a pass rusher, he's been a better player. Like um, before this week, he's been always on the field for our pass rush packages on third downs, kind of playing like sometimes on the interior, sometimes even at defensive end. But he's had good games mixed with like shockingly terrible games like early in the year he was pretty bad so overall i'd say this season was like showed promise but not anything to get too too excited about but it showed enough that like we that hopefully with like a defensive coach like matt patricia he'll like develop into a star linebacker one day or maybe even a starting caliber linebacker which would be great that's what the lions need but not a good year i would say all right what is going on with the questions today um we have here another question from Ball Up Father Tim Tom. What do you think it will take this coaching staff to realize that Zach Center is more of a power back than LeGarrette Blunt deserves more reps? We also have an ask here from Rob. Why the hell doesn't Zenner get more playing time? Are you people all just dense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, for the record, I'm totally fine with Zach Zenner getting the majority of the carries over LeGarrette Blunt for the rest of the year. Just because, I, honestly, I think they're about a wash right now between the two. And I don't mind. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That's not. That's not a good sign, though. That's not a good statement. Sure, sure. I agree. I mean, and, and plus, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be counting out Carryon Johnson coming back since he's still not on IR. But I mean, let's let's not get carried away with six center guys. This guy is like a career two point nine yards per carry guy. I wonder why so many people get carried away over Zenner over actual legitimate talent. I wonder I think... what it could be. <laughs> As long well, as carry on isn't did. in, it doesn't matter who's carrying the ball. They're both going to be bad. <laughs> they did this with Tion Green last year too. I mean, this is just Lions fans. They, they, you know, or Matt Willis. I mean, I, the list goes on and on. I'm, somebody threatened to kill me over Kellen Davis one, or Kellen Moore. One. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is with this city and their crappy football players. <laughs> I'm done I'm talking. Mad. You guys can. I'm mad. <laughs> You're always mad, Chris, though. No, I'm not. That's a lie. Yeah, yes, you are. And, sir, I'm not always mad. <laughs> I've heard you're, uh, I've, not always, but I've heard you're very aggressive and, like, left for dead. So I see why Jeremy would get that. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, really? <laughs> you yelled at me that one I'm ending this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Keep telling you we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations. 
bears in video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Forecast. It's not Voltron.